0: The Hops <laughs>
1: to another edition of the Friday Show here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager for Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at DML57. Eric from Chicago is back with me as well. And yes, there's a little chill in the air, so it's starting to feel dangerously close to hockey season. And uh, it's going to be really soon. I think a lot sooner than any of us would have expected. But that chill in the air means that That's not the only sport that's coming back to us. And uh, while it's almost hockey season for us, it is football season now, because as you're listening to this, there is a football game in the NFL that was played last night between the Chiefs and the Lions. Hopefully the Chiefs won by roughly 85 points. But because of that... Uh, we wanted to reach out to one of our old sibling sites, Windy City Gridiron, who does an excellent job covering every angle of your Chicago Bears. And we enlisted the services of Taylor Dahl to help us prepare for the upcoming bear season. Taylor hosts the excellent Making Monster show. That's part of the overall production there at Windy City Gridiron. And she gave us a lot of detail near the end of the show about what to expect from that uh, that production in the upcoming season. It's really good, really interesting. And I'm looking forward to checking that out myself during the season. But, Our conversation for the purposes of this podcast was a lot about the upcoming Bear season on the field and what to expect. So obviously a lot of Justin Fields conversations for obvious reasons. Uh, Some obvious comparisons between Fields and Bedard, excuse me, Connor Bedard just in case everyone didn't know who we were talking about yet. And just kind of a overall picture of the state of the franchises for both the Bears and the Blackhawks and some comparison and contrast uh, between the two situations. Uh, also, because Taylor works down in Jacksonville, she has roots in the Chicagoland area, but her current job is down in Jacksonville. There's a lot of interesting comparisons that she made between Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, the Jacksonville quarterback, that I think you'll find pretty interesting if you're a Bears fan or just a football fan in general. Um, of course, we had to bring it back to hockey a little bit. We did touch on the hockey scene in Florida and of course staying 100% with the brand of what we do here, we talked about some food stuff because well, that's just who we are. Um, but anyway, that's enough of a preamble for me. Let's get to the conversation with you. The hope is that this season will be a lot more fun than uh, any other seasons in the past. So, um, so yes, Taylor Dallas is here with us, and Taylor, thanks you so much for taking your time out on what I'm sure is a busy, busy week for you with everything you have going on in the NFL season starting up this week.
2: Yeah, of course, I really appreciate you guys having me on anytime. Obviously, I, I work here down here in Jacksonville, so there's a lot of that around my life. But I have my Bears podcast, so anytime I do get to talk Bears, especially Bears-Packers week, uh, I, I'm happy to do it.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that's was, um, th- there's so much about the spare season. That's a lot of, there's a lot of fun and excitement, and everything around it. But I, I also feel an excessive amount of nervous energy because they're starting with the Packers and how that mm-hmm. rivalry has gone for the roughly the last 30 years, it seems. So I, I guess just the, the first thing I want to ask you is just what, what have you gotten the sense of the general mood around not only the season in general, but the fact that they have to open week one against the Packers?
2: Yeah, I think it depends who you ask. I okay. uh when the when the schedule first came out, I one of the first things I said was I hate that we open and close <laughs> against the Packers. Like to me it's yes. just probably personally the worst case scenario because we get the Packers week 1 to where you don't quite know what either team is. Both have a lot of new pieces and figuring stuff out. So there's going to be like some bumps for each. And that obviously means that the games can skew either way when that's kind of the situation that happens and you don't really know what to expect from Jordan love. There's not a whole lot of game planning you can get from that. And I'm sure we'll get to that more a little later, but I, So I already initially didn't like that. And then also to end, because I just think by the end of the season, it could be two potentially very different teams that you're also facing in the, in the final week. And however, whatever that means, it could be good. It could be bad. Uh, So I didn't love it. I I think that (laughs) for a a lot of fans are nervous. And I think a lot of that surrounds the fact, like you said, it's just the history of what the bears and Packers have been in the last 20, 30 years and it's been a lot of Packers and not a whole lot of Bears, so you just kind of have that surrounding. And some people are a lot more optimistic, but I think for the majority of fans, there's this like cautious optimism of okay. you hope you're hopeful and you're ho- you are confident that this team is better. But there's just something that the Packers you feel the Packers have <laughs> holding over the Bears, and until that officially breaks, it, it feels like it kind of lingers. The one thing that I have gotten the vibe from though is the team and the team vibe feels a lot different um especially from last year that especially the last couple of seasons it just felt like there was a little a lot less energy coming from the bears when it comes to the locker room and on the field and things that they're saying and we've seen a ton of videos we saw justin jones go on about packers fans we just saw recently brisker talk about the packers there's a video i saw today where eddie jackson was going on about it tyler scott was going on about it like they're really, really hyping up this rivalry. And it seems like the team is re- is finally for the first time in a few years really grasping like, oh, this is a big thing. And although with Justin Fields, he kind of just does his own he lives in his own little world and I love it personally. And mm-hmm. some people probably don't because some people probably want him to talk trash a little more and go out the Packers and he said he's friends with Jordan Love and he was he's yeah, just here that. to be the yeah, and he's made a comment. He's just here to be the best version of himself. I'm fine with that. Like, we have never had a quarterback like that here in Jacksonville. I mean, in Jacksonville, sorry, in <laughs> Chicago. And to where they just kind of do them and the noise, you don't feel like the noise is ever going to set in with Justin Fields. And to me, that's kind of comforting because for some people and some players this light would be a lot for them like this okay like you better succeed this season or the bears will possibly be talking about a new quarterback or you better beat the packers or we're in for another long haul of a season and justin fields just doesn't have that mindset justin fields just has this mindset of like i'm here to be the best possible quarterback in person i can be and if that translates to beating the packers great which is obviously what he wants but he doesn't word it in the way of like yeah, it's the Packers, and I hate them so much. He just words it as I'm a football player, and I'm going to play my best football.
1: See, this this conversation has already made me feel better because I feel like the way, um, the way like the NFL because they only play 17 games. Like we're used to hockey where they play 82, and it's hard to have any one game be a whole referendum on your season. But with mm-hmm. the NFL, because there's so few games. Uh it feels like every single game is carries so much importance to it, and especially a week one game against the Packers, with uh your your uh quarterback in his third year trying to take the next step that everybody hopes he can, but I'm sure there's plenty of concern that he won't. Like I, I guess it's just like how how do you separate cause you sound a lot more less anxious than I am about this game, and maybe I'm I'm mistaken here, but how do you <laughs> how do you balance like the, the nerves of like, I, I guess my concern is that they're going to, is something bad will happen. They'll lose week one. And then the, the <laughs> negative, the negative from that will, will just, just hover. End. It'll be a pall yeah. over the whole season. Is that, is that, a, am I being too doomy and gloomy, which is entirely possible?
2: So I'll, I feel like I'm going to throw up. Like I'm so nervous <laughs> okay. and I really, I, I truly feel that, but I think for a part of me, I, when i when i take a step back number one apart i i think that no matter what happens on the packers side this week the bears aren't going to like get off with being anybody looking at them as like okay they're Actually, pretty good. I don't. I think the Bears could beat the Packers this week by 25 points, and people are going to make excuses for the Packers, and they're going to say, <laughs> "Well, it's Jordan Love's second star, and he, you know, it was his first like technically debut of him being the and quarterback of the Packers. They have young wide receivers and a young tight end, and there's it's going to take them a while to click, and so it's going to take away from our win a little bit if the Bears do end up winning for. Nationally, Bears fans, whatever, like, you know, we're going to be ecstatic because it's going to oh, be, yeah. like, heck yes, we kick off our season beating the yeah. Packers at Party home. Party on Let's Shore go.
1: Drive, absolutely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so, and then if the Packers win, it's going to be a situation where everyone's going to be immediately like, wow, like maybe Jordan Love is the guy. And the Packers, the Bears still can't beat the Packers. And I, I, I Don't want that to surround it. So I'm trying to avoid that mindset of it. But like I said, like until it happens, until the Bears really do kind of take over and you feel confident to where it's not just like, oh God, we have to play the Packers again. Eventually, I want to have that feeling of like, heck yeah, let's like another weekend where we can beat the Packers. And I'm hoping that within the next two, three years, it'll be that. I'm not confident it's this season just because I do think there's some growing pains that the Bears are still working out. I would more expect a split between the two this season and which okay. one they win and lose. I just am not totally sure for. But yeah, I'm I'm extremely nervous. I am just trying not to think about it too much in the sense of like, if they lose, what are the team vibes? Um, I don't think the team vibes would be as low as fans' vibes. I do think fans would be super upset. Yes. And we'd never hear the end of it on Twitter. And it would be a thing for a week or two. And then you move on. Like, hopefully you start moving on and you're like, okay, the, uh, good things happen and you see the team progressing. And we then you slowly start to move. I don't see it affecting the team, though, after week one. I think... The team is, it seems like with Coach blues and what Ryan Poles has been able to do and kind of the the type of guys he's brought into Chicago has been what's really fun for me to watch because he, he loves his character guys. He loves his guys who kind of have like the, the, a positive morale, which we don't, mm-hmm. haven't always had that. And so... I do think that, will they be bombed? Of course, but I don't think that they would go into week two and Tampa and you see any life let out of them because of one loss.
0: So then, I mean, wins and losses aside, what are you looking for? It is the first game of the season. It's the first time seeing some of these players, especially in like an unofficial capacity. Is there something specifically is there a certain player? Is there a certain side of the ball that you're more excited to see them play on? What are you looking for going into this first week? What's really exciting you about this team?
2: Yeah, I, honestly, there's a lot of things that I'm looking at um when I'm talking if we're talking about excited, the most excited factor for me probably right now is just. The offense in general, aside from the offensive line, and I'll get to that in a minute. But I I think that with the addition of DJ Moore and seeing... I I personally do expect Claypool to take another step, step up this season. And so with him and Mooney and DJ Moore and Justin Fields in this year three, where you are expecting him to start being able to be a little more comfortable and anticipate throws, which was a lot of his issues last season and the season before, you're expecting all of those things to get better. And so for me, I do feel like we are going to finally have like an entertaining offense to watch and we saw I know I know (laughs) and we saw glimpses of it last year probably like the Patriots game happened and then there was like four or five weeks where you were like okay this is what an offense is supposed to feel like you were supposed to Mm -hmm. feel like you can score points and you can move down the field and you can convert third downs and previous years you just felt like that was not happening And so I do expect that to be a point this year where you're like, okay, we're actually having fun watching these games. Does that always translate to wins? No. Um, But it's not going to be, I don't think that miserable feeling of, okay, there's like nothing three and out and out punt punt. Like, I just don't see that happening. So that really excites me to watch, to look forward to that. And I didn't even mention the run game. I still think we are going to be able to run the, the ball a ton, uh, obviously Mm -hmm. with the help of Justin Fields, but I am super confident in Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman, what he was able to do last season when coming in for Christian McCaffrey was incredible. And I do expect that to be another piece of what the Bears are seeing. And then rookie Roshon Johnson is one that I was super high on around draft time. So the three of them I think could still be fun. So it turns this offense that has been super one-dimensional for a really long time into actually having options and that to me is going to open so much of the game and like people are going to have to game plan around not only the run and the pass but Justin Fields who can use his legs. And so to me that is just such an exciting factor of what we can look forward to this season. Uh, my my concerns and probably what I will watch a lot of are the trenches in general. And I I, I think on both sides of the ball, I think Green Bay's wins that trench battle when you're looking at on paper. I think their offensive line is better than our defensive line. And I think their defensive line is better than our offensive line. So that what they, how big they can actually step up in this moment is going to be huge to me because when you're looking at Braxton year two, which we saw glimpses down the road and Braxton was really able to improve throughout the season, he still has some issues with against the bull rush and things like that. But If you're expecting Braxton to be your future left tackle, you are expecting a pretty good step up this season. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Tevin being out kind of mixed up that interior a little bit. And so now, you know, Cody Whitehair, who has been on the Bears for a while, we're familiar with Cody and he's had great seasons. He's had not so great seasons. And Lucas Patrick just can't stay healthy for some reason. So we don't really right. know what we have out of Lucas Patrick. We kind of joked on a podcast I did a couple weeks ago that because the Bears got Lucas Patrick from Green Bay and we we're all like, is he a spy? Like, did he just come <laughs> here to like, spy on the Bears?
0: Sleeper cell, yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, it kind of feels like it. But so those two, the interior obviously has little questions. Braxton, you're just hoping for the next year jump. And then you have a rookie right tackle. So and a new guy, Nate Davis, who barely practiced all offseason. And right. so there—that that is a lot of question marks for me. And then same with the defensive line. I do think the defensive line is improved from last year, but that's not saying much because they were very bad last year. So I think for me, I'm going to be... My nervousness comes from the trenches. My excitedness comes from the offense when it comes to the run, the pass, and Justin Fields.
1: Okay. So, yeah, I think that's... Uh... It, that seems like the general consensus from every, all the stuff I've read or heard or whatever in the preseason or just during the preseason is that the offensive line is still a, a pretty hefty question mark, which is a mm-hmm. little scary because uh, the guy behind them is going to be pretty important in the present yeah. and in the future. Uh, yeah. So uh, fingers crossed that that all works out, but you know, with, with us being a, a hockey podcast um, sometimes we'll, we'll get back to that in a few weeks, but um. Like the obvious comp between the Bears and the Blackhawks right now seems to be Justin Field and Connor Bedard, and it's like it doesn't feel like a perfect comp because Bedard is like one of the highest touted prospects in years. Was the number yeah. one overall pick Fields was down at ten or eleven? I forget the specific, Was it 10? Yeah, like ten? Yeah, ten. They tried. Okay. Uh, yeah, they. Tra- yeah, I remember they traded up, but I couldn't remember the number. I was
2: ten was last
1: year, so it was eleven. Okay. But I, I think that just the the general thought, though, I think the similarities is this: that all eyes and the entire spotlight is going to be on them next season. And I, I guess it's just, um, I, I I don't I don't know. Like with with Justin Fields, like you, you talked about it a little bit there, but is there, um, or we talked about it earlier with like the, the anticipation of throws and stuff like that. But I guess is there, what what's what are some of the signs for you that he's going to be. He's going to be the guy, he's going to be uh, the future of that team, like the way we're all hoping Bedard is with the Blackhawks this year.
2: Yeah, I think that we saw a glimpse of it towards the end of last season. And I've mentioned okay. this a lot because people here, obviously in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence is probably the more, the comparable to Connor Bedard just because it is that everybody said generational talent there's like he's the most nfl ready as in trevor lawrence Connor bedard when it comes to the nhl people are pretty confident that those guys could come in and succeed like very fast there's not going to be a whole lot of learning gap um between those players and that and with justin it always kind of was the thing where he'll he should be able to be a franchise quarterback but it might take a little bit longer for him to adjust to certain things Um, part of that is just the, you know, the amount of time he actually got to start in college football and play and get those reps. And then he's also just a different type of quarterback than some of these guys. And when you are a full on, just like passer, like Trevor Lawrence can be, sometimes it is a little easier because it's easier to build around that. You say, Hey, like get you a pass protecting line and a couple good wide receivers and Trevor can do the rest. With Justin, he has an arm, but he also likes to use his legs, and there are some things that you have to work on. And last year, there's numbers that directly show you his progress between weeks one and six compared to the rest of the season, and that's like completion percentage went up, yards went up, touchdown to interception ratio went up. Everything, the comfortability factor just started to grow throughout the season. Unfortunately, he got a little injured, and so then you're having to deal with injury late and then Darnell Mooney went down, and then it was just like one thing after another towards the end of the season where it may have looked like the last few games there was a backtrack, but in reality, it wasn't. In reality, it was just the team was falling apart at the end of the season, and literally the only thing holding on to anything was Justin Fields. And one <laughs> stat we talk about a lot is that they were one in seven and one score games, and that was with the worst offensive roster if not one of the worst (laughs) offensive rosters in the league last season and that like statistically is what it is like bottom three rosters on the in the league last year and somehow justin fields was keeping bears in these games and losing by point to good teams to teams like philly to teams like miami he was doing this against and so to me the real sign this year will be when those moments start to switch. That one and seven in one score games turns into a f- you know four and four or something like that, or okay. a five and three. When they're winning half or a little bit more than half of those one-score games, and you're seeing Justin Fields really be able to in in two the final two minutes of a game drive down the field and actually use his weapons to do so, not count on some like miracle plays with his legs, which are fun and great. And I hope we do see some more of those this year, but you want to be able to see him do it with his arm too. And so those will be the little signs for me that as we start winning these, you win a couple of those close games and you're seeing Trevor real, I mean, dang, I'm switching this up. You're seeing (laughs) Justin really take the reins of the offense and that's a part of it. And you did start to see that towards the end of last season. And I think it's just really important that you see that a little more consistently, I think is what it is. And we, the anticipation is the word that a lot of people talk about. And those, those mid throws because we know he was the most accurate deep ball thrower in the league last year. That's not an issue. That's what's hilarious to me on Twitter. When guys uh, from other teams try to argue that he can't throw the, throw the ball or he can't throw past 10 yards. I'm like, he was literally the most accurate. (laughs) 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 That's not it. It was just, but he does have to work between on those 15 to 30 yard throws. For some reason, those mid range throws he struggled with last season. Part of that just could be revolved around weapons because what, did he really have when you are your Darnell Mooney is getting double teamed. And then your next option is Equinemius St. Brown or Dante Pettis or whoever happened to be in the game that, that week. So I do think that was a factor in some of it. And now there's not really excuses for him anymore when it comes to that. Um, Mm. So uh, you would expect all of those little things within, and I don't think it's going to happen week one, two I'm thinking weeks four, five, six is when you're really going to be like, okay, like, He's really getting comfortable. Like this is his offense now. And I I keep slipping on the Trevor because that's obviously (laughs) what I talk about here in Jacksonville, but that a lot of people talk about trevor's year like he's in people are having him as an mvp candidate last season and they lost five straight games in the middle of the last right. season it wasn't it wasn't until week eight or nine where people here were like okay trevor's the guy like a flip mm. a switch flipped in a week eight or nine and that's when trevor just went off and so you also have to think justin is nine games behind trevor because he didn't start right away his rookie season then he missed a couple games injured and then he missed it with injury last year too so he He's eight or nine games behind Trevor Lawrence. So to me, when you get to week six or seven and you if you're not noticing certain things, then then you may start to have some questions. But if you are Mm -hmm. starting to see things click by that point in the season, you should be pretty confident that he's the guy.
1: Yeah, I I think the the Trevor Lawrence comparison, it might even be better than the Jalen Hurts one that gets bandied about so much recently. Um, So I'm I'm encouraged and I just I hope that there is the patience that you've talked about to wait till weeks five, six, or seven that for things that may not show up in weeks two, three, or four, or even week mm-hmm. one, um, and kind of building off of like the, the fields and Bedard thing. Like I, uh, we'll, we'll get into this more. And as our, as the Blackhawk season approaches, uh, later this month and into next month that, um, like I'm, I'm like the Cotter Bedard thing. I think he's almost, the least interesting story because I think he just seems like he's going to show up and be an all star and be an incredible player. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's all the, it's all the other pieces around Bedard. And this is yeah. where I feel like the Bears are kind of a year ahead where. Um the way like you talked about Fields was so good last year without much help around him. I think that's going to be kind of bedard this season. He's going to be awesome and he's not going to have much help and the Hawks are probably going to lose a, a good mm-hmm. amount of games. But hope is the hope is that within the next year or two some of these other guys show up, the the Frank Nazers, Kevin Korchinski's of the world and start mm-hmm. making their case. So in the Bears view of that, who are some of the other younger pieces around Justin Fields on either side of the ball that you have your eye on that are going to be just as important because the quarterback is only one of the 22 positions on the field?
2: Yeah, I think that the the obvious one is to point out some of the offensive players, so I'm going to go defense for a minute. Um, I do think that the secondary one in general, I Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker I think are going to be major parts of the Bears secondary and for a while. Uh, Jaquan Brisker already made a name for himself last season and people are already talking about how well he was able to play as a a rookie. And so that, I just see, that to me is almost right away within the first couple weeks, you're already going to be like, okay, he's probably a top could be considered a top at his position. Kyler Gordon, it took him a while last season. There was a lot of, there was there was some bumps for him. And granted, that corner position is probably one of the hardest to even go from college to the NFL in and tra- make that transformation. So a lot of guys do take a little bit longer to really adjust at that position. But towards the end of the season, Kyler Gordon was lights out. And again, it was against really good opponents that they were playing down the stretch that he was able to get his hands get some turnovers really like uh, his the completion percentage against him dropped by like 13 14 points once it nice. came uh, towards the end of the season and i expect that to just take another step up too so when i look at kyler and jaquan they are two major pieces that i think we'll be talking about for a long time and i i think you have to look at the offensive line i am very very bummed that tevin is starting the season injured because yes. he is one of my favorite bears currently and i've never said like my an offensive lineman was one of my favorite bears but there's just something about tevin and i think within the last few seasons everything he's had to deal with the the back injury of the year one and then last year there was a drama if they were going to trade him and like where they were going to play him and they switched his position and he was just kind of like okay and crush it then unfortunately injur- injuries hit again and now he's starting the season there and that's why my confidence for the offensive line has kind of dropped within the last couple of weeks. If Tevin was on the line, I honestly would not be very concerned at all. Like that's how much of a difference I think that Tevin Jenkins makes when he's healthy. um but if he can get back and stay healthy, Tevin Braxton, and Darnell Wright, I think are going to be massive pieces of what the Bears will be because three young guys that are there protecting your franchise quarterback, which is very important. And also just the fact that they've all been, they're all Tevin's floated around, but Braxton Mm -hmm. and Darnell, right. Are like their positions are what they have always been really good at. And they've excelled at those positions and now they get to be those guys. And so I I think that it's going to be really fun to watch that line progress. And like I said, hopefully the health is a big factor um, in that. And it's hard for offensive linemen in general, but that'll be fun for me. And I think it's, it's, it would be hard not to say. I mean, Justin Fields is a big factor in this, but Darnell Mooney is another. He has his contract year coming up. So what happens with Darnell Mooney this year? How much of that wide receiver two position does he embrace? And can he excel like we saw that couple years ago when he was at the that two spot? Mm-hmm. Um, because him and, him and DJ Moore can be a very dangerous one and two if everything yes. goes as planned and the Bears get that contract with him. Um, so I'm very excited about them. Cleo Herbert, I love Cleo Herbert. I'm a big fan, uh, a big Herbert fan. I think that there's things he has to work on. Obviously, his pass catching isn't as good as David Montgomery's was, and his his blocking isn't as good as David Montgomery's was. But I've heard that's something they really focused on this offseason. So I'm interested to see this year how much um, he did improve in those couple things. Because if he does even make a little bit of improvement in those, I do see a future of Cleo Herbert being here in Chicago, too. So there's a lot of young, fun pieces. And I didn't even mention the linebacker room, which obviously Tremaine Edmonds has been in the league a little bit. But Jack Sanborn and TJ Edwards, both pretty similar paths from Wisconsin to undrafted guys to now being on the Chicago Bears and both younger guys, too. And uh, I think that they could that linebacker spot is just historic in Chicago. So you obviously you want those guys to succeed because it's just kind of like what the Bears have been uh, in all of history. And I think they'll be really fun. That's probably aside from wide receiver, the most like confident position group I am um, when it comes to the bears roster this year.
0: That's all. That's awesome. I know we're all excited to see it. No. And it's hard for me to imagine a bears team being good without some type of force, you know, in the, in the middle of the field, the middle linebacker.
1: I yeah, know ever exactly. since I was a
0: kid growing up for sure. Um, well, while we have you here, We'll segue a little bit. Taylor is based in Jacksonville for anybody who doesn't know. I think we were kind of curious in general, talking a little bit more about hockey in the hockey sense, you know, with all the success in Tampa and then even in Florida kind of last season, what is kind of the state of hockey in Florida in general? Do you see that up in Jacksonville on the East side? You know, do you kind of feel that when those teams are doing well, is there a little bit more excitement for hockey in Jacksonville in general?
2: Um, it's definitely grown the last few years just because, like you said, with the Lightning winning a couple Stanley Cups and then the Panthers doing what they were able to do last year. And uh, there's also some... So one of the girls that used to work at the station I work at, her name's Jessica Blaylock, and she's the team reporter for the Panthers. So there's like a little Jacksonville tie to the Panthers. So a lot of people here were uh, rooting for the Panthers last season. But I, I think that... It's just a little far away to for people to like fully yes. invest because Tampa' is like three and a half four hours. And then the Panthers play probably like six hours away. So it's not even like a, a super easy day trip to just go see them. But the Jacksonville does have an ECHL team, the Icemen. And last year they were affiliated with the Rangers. And now they just switched their affiliation. I can't remember who they just switched to. I think but it's the
1: Sabres now.
2: Yes. Yeah, it is Buffalo. Yes. And Short so drive they, from
1: Buffalo to Jacksonville, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Easy trip. <laughs> easy trip.
2: So, but I will tell you, those games sell out. Almost every all year, the, really? the Jacksonville IceMen have had some of the highest attendance. I think, if not the highest attendance in the ECHL, the past like two or three years. Um, so fans here love hockey. They just don't really have the accessibility to be able to go see it as easily, unless you're going to watch the IceMen. Um, so, it, but I've liked I've watched I've liked to watch it grow because when the Hawks are winning, they're 10, 13, 15 Stanley Cups, and I'm going crazy watching it in a bar, and people are looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, why is this girl screaming over a hockey game? I that Now that has changed, and we have this place here. It's actually really cool. It just opened. It's called the Igloo, and the Iceman opened it. It's this massive facility. It has two huge ice rinks in it, a big bar, and they literally only put hockey games on the TVs and okay. so it's fantastic because it's just cool for people who maybe have never experienced that because a normal place you would literally have to go into a bar and specifically be like hey can you turn on this game and the chances of them having it probably not super likely unless it's on one of the like prime time <laughs> channels <laughs> um so just the accessibility of hockey has definitely made it a little easier for people to cheer for and the Icemen have been a big part of that too like i said they've just done a fantastic job and there's been a lot they've been in the playoffs the last couple seasons and so it's they've made it exciting and draw people a little bit um so i've definitely seen it grow it's just not quite to where i personally would like it to be
1: yeah, and I I as you were talking, I looked this up because I remembered that like when Scott Darling was doing his uh his his journey through all the really lower level leagues, like I was looking at like he played for the, the Mississippi River Kings of the SPHL. I don't know anything about that league, but during that same season, he played one game for the Florida Everblades which i looked oh, up wow. it's in astero estero, estero, yeah, estero in florida. florida which mm-hmm. is like in the south like way way south from you so nowhere near uh nowhere near jacksonville but well we um, hate
2: the ever the everblades are the iceman rivals so we hate okay. The everblades okay okay well don't
1: worry, <laughs> worry darling probably hated it too cuz he looks like he played <laughs> one game and he gave up 5 goals so. He's like, uh,
2: forget it yeah they're, yeah they're like straight up in the swamp in that area of florida okay. so
1: yeah yeah okay well I, I guess i'll check that off of my list of places to go watch hockey at we'll, we'll stick to <laughs> with Jacksonville instead. Um, so, so the last thing we wanted to ask you about Taylor is uh, obviously you, sp- you split uh, a ton of time between the Chicagoland area and down in Florida. So I'm curious, like we always talk about food related topics. Is there anything major that you've noticed down in Jacksonville or Florida at large as compared to the Chicagoland area? Is there any major food observation or, or food dish that you have down there that you wish was up there or vice versa?
2: So it's funny because Jacksonville, and I think Florida in general, doesn't really have like a thing. Like when you think about Chicago, you think about like Chicago dogs or Chicago pizza and like Jacksonville doesn't really have that. They're a big like mix of people and a mix of types of foods. So every, I mean, anywhere you go, you're, there's probably eight or nine different type of like ethnicity when it comes to the type of food you're eating in one little area. Um, okay. But I, I would say that the one thing that probably sticks out a lot is the seafood or like the just southern food. So the big thing, obviously, here is like southern, and it's really funny just talking to some of my family up north. Like grits, obviously, huge down mm-hmm. in Florida, and like my family up north is like, what, like never. <laughs> Never going to eat grits. That's disgusting. But here, it's just like you eat it at breakfast almost every morning. It's uh, even normal restaurants. Like we have a few restaurants here that incorporate grits and like their fancy like dinner, like their fancy meals, like expensive restaurants. And so that's probably one thing that really pops out is just the more southernness of that and the southernness of just mayo and literally everything. Like everything is some sort of salad, like pasta salad, egg salad, but it all, everything has mayonnaise in it. Um, that's another big thing I would probably say, but seafood obviously because it's just easily accessible. A lot of a lot of seafood here, a lot of crab legs and oysters and different types of fish, and you can't go one mile without hitting some sort of seafood restaurant in, in Jacksonville.
1: OK, I'm I'm glad you mentioned the, the grits thing, because one of our other staffers, Betsy, is uh, down in Georgia. And so she talks about grits all the time. And, and <laughs> it's something I was down in uh, Alabama for a music festival last year and tried it for the first time. It was like a cheesy sausage and grits combination. Uh, that mm-hmm. was wonderful. But what yeah, like, I, I understand, I've understood from talking to Betsy, there's very specific preferences for how they're done and what you should or should not add to them. So what is your yeah. what is your preferred style of grits?
2: I'm personally just like a butter salt pepper type of person. Um, but I do put a lot of butter in them. Like they and that's what some people will just ha- eat grits and not know that you need to like add something. Like don't just eat normal grits. It's you're eating like ground up corn pretty much. So it's just like there's not a whole lot of flavor if you don't add anything. Um, but so me, butter salt pepper, but there's just so many ways you can do grits. And it's just really funny because it actually sparked this sparks Probably like two weeks ago, uh, my nephew. It was his third birthday, and so my brother. There, he's born and raised here. Uh, my nephew is, and so my brother asked him what he wanted for his birthday. He was like, "Well, take you. You know, like, what restaurant do you want to go to? Because he loves Mexican, so they thought he was going to say Mexican food and um but he was like i just want grits and they were like you want grits for your like birthday dinner and he was like yeah and i was like that's such a southern thing like i would never catch any of my family and uh, up north being like i'll just have grits tonight for dinner but yeah the the butter salt pepper is my way to go but adding cheese to anything is never a bad idea
1: got it um, well, again, thank you so much for your time, Taylor. And before we let you go, uh, tell the people where to find your work throughout the season, because I'm sure there's plenty of overlap between the Blackhawks fan base and the Bears fan base. So uh, where should they go to find the stuff you'll be doing all season long?
2: Yeah, so uh, my you'll find me on Twitter at TayDoll1010XL. And so a lot of my stuff, obviously, I post through there. But my podcast, which is called Making Monsters, is on the wendy city gridiron is what it's called so it's through Mm -hmm. sb nation um or second city gridiron because that's like the video side of things uh so both of those they'll be posted on weekly you can find my podcast uh like i said making monsters on spotify apple anywhere you get your podcast the cool thing about mine is because it's easy mine's a little bit different uh than the normal ones i'm not like breaking down film or doing any of that stuff but weekly i'll pick a player who performed well in the game before and i'll go back and i will talk to high school coaches college coaches dads brothers sisters whatever and kind of get their backstory of how they got to the nfl um so it's been really fun because it's just an intro. a lot of people you, you just don't know about much about these guys when they get to the bears or where they came from so last year for example getting to talk to justin fields high school coach and him telling me about justin fields in seventh grade those little stories are just really cool to kind of get the background of these guys. So I do that weekly once, a once a week on, like I said, Wendy city gridiron making monsters search either of those and you'll be able to find it.
1: Excellent. Well, we look forward to that and fingers crossed that it's a, uh, a much more pleasant season than our, than our uh, deepest fears might be trying to force into our minds right
2: now. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know. I will I honestly don't know how I'll be by the end of Sunday if it, if it doesn't go the
1: way I want it. <laughs> Yeah, let's well, – well, that sounds like Sunday's problem. We'll worry about it. Yes. <laughs> Thank Taylor. you so much for your time, Taylor. All right. Thanks, guys. We are the on
2: down. Doing it for you. are so bad.
0: Well, they call me sweetness and I like to dance running the ball. is like making more man's We had the goal since training camp to give Chicago a Super Bowl champ And we're not doing this because we're greedy the bears are doing it to feed the needy We didn't come here look for trouble We just come here to the Super Bowl shop This is speedy will
1: and I'm world-class I like running, but I love to get the pass I practice all day and dance